This is Second Down on ESPN Radio, presented to you by the Uniform Source. Two different locations in Savannah to take care of all of your uniform needs. Got a whole lot of college football to get to today. We're going to talk some Georgia football coming up in the next segment. And then, guys, cue the piano music, because we are just 50 days away from the Masters. There you go. Hearing Jim Nance say, hello, friends. Just seeing the scenic views of Amen Corner. Can't can't wait for it. And hopefully those fellows are there playing in Augusta and, and not some tournament in Saudi Arabia. But we'll just we'll have we'll have to wait and find out. Right. But it gives us fifty days of something to talk about. But we're fifty days away from Augusta. See, I mean that that's that's my thing, right? And that's that's the sad part of this is can't can't wait for that. It's going to be quite the weekend because it's going to be quite the event. Um, but. PJ. No, that's, that's the thing is we're we're looking we're five dollars. We're, we're looking. Hold on. No, no, five dollars. Just, just five dollars. Can I make my? Point? All right, go ahead. We're we're talking about fifty days away. We should be talking about baseball, but we're not. What's that? Exactly. College baseball. I think Georgia's a couple days away from kicking things off at Foley Field. To Mr. Manfred, I, I don't think he knows who? If baseball is a thing. Who? That Manfred guy. Hunk of metal guy. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh. Anyway. Uh. No. $5 lunch. No, lunch. I'll say lunch to whoever more than five. Whoever tells me. Yeah, I mean, it depends on where you go. Whoever tells me who won the Masters last year. Oh, I don't know. If it wasn't Jordan Spieth, <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, Is it Bryson DeChambeau? Bryson DeChambeau has not won the Masters. He won the U.S. Open last year. It was Hideki Matsuyama. Won of course. The, uh, yes. Won no the Masters last year. But no, it's just He goes by I, Jordan Spieth sometimes. No, no, I don't think he does at all. I think those are two <laughs> different people. No, the uh, the only reason I ask is because Peter's like, yeah, it's going to be a great weekend. Look, really looking forward to it. Love it. Every year comes around. Beautiful. Great weekend. I did watch it. Big weekend for you. Oh, absolutely. This I weekend. can't wait for the... Cam, Gen- Cam, could you tell me... Can you tell me why wait. this is a big weekend for PJ? I no. love how disconnected we all are. No, I, I really don't know why it's a uh, big weekend. I really don't want the know Daytona why. 500. Let's go. You have to say it like that too. You can't say the date. The Daytona 500. No, that's not how this works. <laughs> it's the Daytona 500. That's it. I didn't know. The hundred. I didn't know. Who's I'm, the favorite this year? Me every year because I can't wait. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, it's hard to. I don't know. I, I don't know the odds. Like what Vegas is putting out there, I'm not sure. So I, I haven't seen that yet. Uh, but it, it restrictor plate races can be such a crapshoot that like I, I don't know if I had to put money on it if I had to guess they'd probably put Denny Hamlin because because Denny Hamlin's been so good at Daytona okay uh, especially over the last five or six years has won uh, now I believe three Daytona 500s uh, in, in the past five years or so so uh, he's he's extremely good especially at Daytona. Uh, there's several other guys that, that are very good at, at restrictor plate races that are up there too. Uh, Michael McDowell won it last year and, and you know, was a surprise victory there after a crash on the last lap. So, yeah, uh, I mean, that's one of the most exciting parts about the sport, about the restrictor plate races. And, uh, oh, by the way, there's a whole brand new car as well that, that they're, they're bringing. Um, so it's, it's just, it's so almost impossible to pick. That when the favorite wins, that that's one of the most surprising things. So when are, can't wait for it. when is uh, when's Green, White, and Checkered coming back? This Sunday, nine o'clock. There we go. Yeah, following the back nine, boys. Nine o'clock to nine thirty. Right here on ESPN Radio, here in PJ Breakdown, the Daytona Five Hundred. I got some Negan vibes going on today. 
I'm just I feel that. Just holding a baseball bat. See what my problem is. I'm talking to everybody. <laughs> I'm still. Spoiler alert, by the way, for anyone who hasn't seen the show, tune off now and then come back in in about 30 seconds. I'm kind of uh, wait. Give him a chance. Okay, go ahead. I'm I'm not a great fan of you having that bat and and having those vibes <laughs> because Glenn's my favorite character on that show. Okay, is it still a spoiler alert if it happened like six years ago? I don't know. I just I needed to put that there because if I didn't, guess what would happen? Oh, why didn't you give him a spoiler alert? So no, but yeah. Like Glenn, you guys want me to tell you what happens at the end of the latest James Bond because that's Glenn's been out for favorite, a while now too. My favorite character and and I, I still haven't fully recovered to what happened. Cam, what were you gonna say? Oh no, I was I, I was thinking like I'm not in full fledged baseball on NASCAR. It's NBA All Star Weekend, of course. That's true. I okay. See, the fun, only thing, the only thing I've really seen from that is James Harden got picked last, <laughs> and he's not playing. That was yeah, he's not yeah. he's not playing on purpose though. Right. That's, that's is he not point. playing because he got picked last? No, he's not playing because he doesn't he doesn't want to do that. Like he has to deal with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and all those all the talks. So nah. He's not playing. He he should have been picked last. I do I do love the NBA for the simple fact that it has become more about the off the court stuff than the on the court stuff. Like it's much more interesting. It's off weird. the court. Like what's the most interesting storyline on the court this year? Maybe Demar Derozan and like how good he's been. Him or the Phoenix Suns or just like the the calamity that is the Lakers. But I mean, I would even yeah. say the off the court stuff for the Lakers is more interesting. Yeah, it's more interesting because they don't even want um they don't even want Westbrook. Yeah, no, so. I mean, I don't want that. <laughs> they don't want him. Haven't the Cavs been pretty good? The Cavs are the number, two, they're number two seed in the East. It's weird. But, PJ, that's my point is the, the they've been really good, but. No one cares. Right. The James Harden <laughs> stuff's way yeah. more interesting yeah. than the Cleveland Cavaliers being really James good. James Harden and Ben Simmons. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm looking forward to I hope Trey Young wins the uh, three-point contest. He has. I think he, from what I looked at last night, he has some pretty steep competition. I'm going to have to look up the participants again. But I, I can honestly say I don't know any of the four dunk contest guys. Jalen Green, I know John Moran is not in it, sadly. OB is Jalen Green in it? Yeah, the kid from Houston. Okay, I know yeah, him. he's in it, yeah. so I'm looking forward to him. I think and the only reason I know Obi Toppin is because the Knicks drafted him. Yeah. Yeah. I think Green will win it because I think he's going to go out there and try to prove a point. Who's They've the been other bad two? this year. I will have to look up the other two. Exactly. Like, See, it's, it's been disinteresting this year. It's not only <laughs> that it's disinteresting, it's the fact that I think the, the dunk contest, although it was already kind of fading away, it died when Aaron Gordon got robbed twice in a row. Like, I'll say the first time he didn't get no, robbed. No, I would say it, I would say it no. started to die when the actual like good players stopped doing it. Yeah. Yeah, they like just they, and Nate Robinson. They, yeah, they that just like cool. they just was, like yeah, yeah, yeah they just they just switch to the guys who are the most athletic. Which I get it, like they're doing crazier dunks, but I think people would rather see like Kawhi and LeBron go head to head in a dunk contest and do lesser dunks than see guys who can just That's jump one higher. Thing LeBron yeah. robbed everybody of. Mm-hmm. You got to see Kobe in a dunk contest like, and MJ. The best, the best dunkers in the world don't even play in the NBA. Yeah, they don't. So mm-hmm. it's just like it's. I think this is more about star power than oh, than just having really good dunks. I think that's probably more so where it, it kind of lost its luster, but also at the same time. But it's yeah. just like it put Thievery. it over the top. Yeah, Dwayne Wade kind of like, stealing it away from yeah. him that second time. Yeah. We might see a, a center win the uh, three-point contest this year. So it's a huge chance, Carnathy Town. We might see a center win. You know what's funny like is he, he shoot. I heard this yeah. on the I heard this on the Levitard show. Do you know who's currently leading the league in field goal percentage from three point range? Man, leading the league. It's not at least league. like as of a week ago. No, 
PJ Tucker. I'm not shocked about just that. hitting corner threes. In the corner, yeah, I'm not shocked about. I think that. it was like 46 percent or something like that. I'm not. <laughs> shocked. Made for a long time. And they that. they're the number I mean, one team in the East right now. They have yeah. the number one. It, the East no, is weird. no no no. Okay, this is what I love about the NBA is you can be the number one seed and you are like clearly not even like one of the three best teams and your the own your own side of the comp or the yeah. NBA. Like it's just like if they lost today, they'll go from. One or they lost two games ago. They'll go from one to like seven. But it's not, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not even talking about standings. I'm just talking about like when you get to the playoffs and you had to power rank teams that you thought were going to go to the finals from the East. Would you have the Heat in the top three? Yeah. You really? Really? Yeah, they're the real deal. They did it a couple of years ago. All right, let's clip finals. this. We are 13 yeah. minutes and 20 seconds into the I, I, show here on the I don't know, 16th. After the no, on, trip. on the 16th. And Cam just said that he are, quote, the real deal. Oh, yeah, they are. I get Well, what's the real deal mean? They went to the finals a couple of years ago, got bounced in the first round. I don't know if I count the bubble as the finals, but okay. I know you have to because you're a Lakers fan. No, 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 no. The bubble brought out a lot of good players like Murray and Donovan Mitchell. Both had 50-point games. You remember that game. But, nah, the Heat, they're good. I mean, I ain't Kyle Lowry. I think Kyle Lowry is a good leader. Like he elevates a lot of teams. He does like dirty work and take charges that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. And then Tyler Hero, that dude is legit. Like he's averaging yeah. like twenty three a game off the bench. So they're legit. I'm they're happy legit. that that Kyle Lowry had like in. I don't know. How did this happen, by the way? This, what's, what's oh, wrong I said All Star Weekend. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. No, I don't. I don't want to do this. I love. I love you, okay, PJ. And I know you want to get okay. your. Ba- I know no, you want to get. No, that's all right. Don't do that. Then. I know you want to get your basketball takes what, out what here. Was, what was the other thing that uh, I was I was going to say? Oh, I, forget, <laughs> I forget it now. I, I know you want to get your basketball takes out here, but I don't know how we just turned into every show that's been on since 6 o'clock this morning. I yeah, don't, I don't, that is true. I don't know. We're not talking about like the trades and the, the drama stuff. We're talking about like actual basketball. I, I know, like but I said we were going to talk about college football, and I want to talk about college football. <laughs> but listen, this ain't a dictatorship. Hey, if you guys want to talk about the NBA and slushies, feel free. I'm just happy it's no, all star. It's like the best time of the year. You got the trade deadline. That stuff happened. All the drama happens. Now it's all star weekend. You get to see some guys rewind and you get to see teams compete after the all star weekend, like make playoff pushes. So I think it's it's, it's cool. It's cool. You know, I just hope the Lakers get it, get it together. Mm. I will say this: the one, the one positive thing I'll say about the NBA All Star Weekend is like the 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 competitions are cool. And I honestly think they kind of outweigh the game now. Like I think the three point contest and NBA dunk contest kind of outweighs the game. But I will say the this: skills for the, competition is kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. will say this for the NBA though: like their game versus like the Pro Bowl is for like three quarters they'll kind of mess around, mm-hmm. but then at the end yeah. they kind of lock in, and yeah. it, it's like the Harlem Globetrotters on steroids. Yeah, which is which is pretty awesome. But that being said, we said we're going to talk about college football. Let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about college football. I promise. Until the end of the show, college football talk coming your way. I will not let Cam steer us back into James Harden conversations. I won't let it happen. I'll do my best. I'll fight him. Beer to beer. He controls the board, so I don't know how much power I have here, but I will do my best to control Cam and his NBA talk. I'll do my best to keep PJ off of his NBA takes. I know he's got a lot of hot ones over there that he wants to get out. We're going to come back. We're talking college football next right here on ESPN Radio. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko and Cam Ursery. Glad to have you all hanging out with us here on this Wednesday afternoon. So we're going to talk college football. I want to talk college football here. So 
We the biggest question this past year around college football was what would the effects of name, image, and likeness in the transfer portal be? And we've seen a lot of them in more, I guess, singular storylines, i.e., the Jameer Gibbs transfers, uh, and I mean, you point a lot of them towards Alabama. But we can go to the Miss uh, or Michigan State, where they completely flipped their roster uh, in one year under Mel Tucker with the transfer portal. But we were kind of we're waiting to see what the actual landscape is going to look like going forward. And we haven't really seen it until now where I think we're finally starting to see some clarity. And I think the big benchmark that we finally got past was national signing day where we, we got past the December period. And then we got past the February signing day, which obviously there's still guys committing right now, but we got past the two big signing days and we got to see, okay, Texas A&M went from, think signing three five stars in Jimbo Fisher's time at Texas A&M to seven in one class, right? And now we're starting to see a buzzword, and that is usually the thing that pops up when we have different changes is one or two words that we really start sticking to these things. And the buzzword around name, image, and likeness is collectives. It's the new word. It's the new third-party metric that has come into name, image, and likeness and really recruiting and then I guess, on-campus facilitation of monies toward players. Now, the news of the day today was the University of Georgia has now agreed with its players, even though it's not really a union. It's just the University of Georgia has basically allowed players and will sell with Fanatics players' names and numbers on uniforms. So now you can go to Fanatics and buy a Stetson Bennett uniform, where it used to have to be you would have to buy a quote-unquote customized uniform, and you'd have to put the number and the name on there, and players didn't see any of the money from it. Now you can go on there and the full roster is available for you to purchase from Fanatics and a percentage, and it hasn't been released what percentage of it is, a percentage of that is going to go to the players. But when I say collective, what we're just talking about is a kind of a two-party thing where you have the school with an apparel company giving monies to the players, right? The third-party stuff is where this is getting really interesting because you have a lot of agencies that saw what was happening with name, image, and likeness and completely converted themselves into facilitation for the players. If you look up at Tennessee, there's one called Spire that is controlling a lot of these transactions for Tennessee and say that Hendon Hooker is probably going to be receiving around a million dollars this year, not in cash money, but in total compensation. And a lot of the players up there, including women's tennis, uh, they said on average a women's tennis player at Tennessee is receiving thirty-two dollars to $35,000 a year just in compensations from whether it's monies or whether it's tires and brakes for their cars yeah. at, at Tennessee. So, oh, nice. but it's, well, it's being facilitated, right? Uh, Ohio state, they have made the most money for players since NIL took over. I think they're getting close to $3 million total majority of that going to football players, but it's a facilitation throughout the entire sports league or sports department, I should say. Right. But what I think is really interesting is You've seen it with Ben, our own Ben Troop, Fuller Gator legend. He is working with something called the Gators Collective, which is a website where basically you subscribe to however much you can give monthly, and it gives you access to players, to exclusive content, to apparel from the quote-unquote Gators Collective. And this is a third-party company that has created this quote-unquote collective that is facilitating money to players. And what I find fascinating about this is there was a vacuum and we knew it was going to have to be filled because throughout football season, it was really kind of rudimentary stuff where it was 
hey, this guy got a deal with a car dealership. Hey, this guy got this deal here. And it's just kind of one-offs where a guy was getting paid. Now this is like, you come here as a recruit and this is already in place. Mm-hmm. We're going to put your name, your picture, your bio up there and fans can subscribe to you to interact with you. Or at Tennessee, they kind of have these compensation deals with this outside company where it's, hey, if you commit to Tennessee, you're already going to have in place uh, a endorsement deal. But outside of that, like I said, they, ha- they we have, if you need free tires for your car, done. We got it. You need brake jobs, oil changes, done. You need gas, done. Uh, you want pizza, done. It, it's just in total compensation. They're saying, okay, I could go over here and maybe figure out some deals and I can make some money. Or I can go to Tennessee and this is already in place. Mm-hmm. So that I think is the fascinating new reality of college football where it's not, hey, we're handing over a million dollars in cash. And I think that's kind of the thought every fan has in their mind is, you've heard Bagman all the time, is Nick Saban pulling up in a new Camaro, you pop the trunk, there's a duffel bag, and it's just got cash money in there. Mm-hmm. Hey, buddy, you want to commit to me? No, it's not that. It's so much more professional now. Is you get the full Alabama facility, which is better than most NFL facilities. I would say it's better than any NFL facility. If you've seen Alabama facilities, nuts. And on top of that, you're going to get endorsements, so you'll have money to spend, and anything you need going to be taken care of. I think it's fascinating. Yeah, fascinating, and I think incredible. Like Honestly, that it's progressing in in this type of way and filling that vacuum that you were talking about. Um, With that type of of legislation that that, that we've seen and, you know, the rules passed and everything like that, I think that's the the biggest progress we could have made is having this turn from, like, yes, we know it's happening. Everyone talks about it in offices and whatnot, but the NCAA... Yeah, every year it would come out. And NCAA is investigating this team, investigating that team, invest. But we're all sitting back there and being like, we know every team is doing it. We know it's happening with with almost every player. Uh, so, the fact that that now this is out in the open and can be done in in a more complete, civil and good way to progressive way to help the player the most that they can is fantastic. And not just again. Like you said, not just for football either, for, but including these other sports and, and getting them what they need as well, which, if you remember, was one of the biggest talking points with this whole thing. Well, well you know X player is going to make an insane amount of money and X player isn't going to. Well, you know X sport is going to make this much money and X sport isn't, isn't going to. Well, now, thankfully, the campuses and, and the universities have been able to single out a way and find a way to make sure yeah, everybody gets a little piece of the pie and and can can help themselves out and is put in the best spot. But yeah, the the player who is blowing up or has the best marketability, of of course, they're going to get the most and they're going to get the deals that they need to get. But the backup center uh for the basketball team is also going to be able to get what they need to. So I, I think that part of it is incredible. And I think Cam when you look at it, it's these packages where it's not the school facilitating; it's more so the school allowing. And when I say right. when I say allow, it's Georgia doesn't have to allow the players to use the Georgia logo. And for a lot of states, when this came out, that the states got to decide on NIL, they thought they were being very, very progressive by putting these legislations out there. But in reality, a couple months later, the NCAA just said bleep it, and it was whatever you wanted to do. And so the, the states like Florida and like Georgia that thought they were being progressive 
actually had encumbered themselves with some different restrictions that other states didn't have. Like North Carolina has been on this, you can use our logo on anything since the jump, whereas Georgia's just now coming around to it. I think Georgia's coming around to it in a direct response to LSU becoming the first school to really do the customized uniforms as well. So it's it's a lot of answers to this, but I think the packages are the interesting part because if you're an 18-year-old or 17-year-old and you're being recruited by everyone, but I can I can lay out in front of you, again, the schools aren't supposed to do this, but if I'm an interested third party and I care about X university and I want you to come here and I can come talk to you and say, hey, you come here and I have all of these logistics taken care of for you. For you. I, have a, I have a deal with an apartment complex. And you'll get a two-bedroom apartment. I have a deal with the local mattress firm. You'll get the new Serta, Tempur-Pedic, whatever you want mattress in there. I have a deal with the local, uh, what's it called, the furniture store. So couches, TV, whatever you need, good to go in there. So I'm going to put all this out to you. You won't have to pay for gas. Got your tires, got your brakes, and then we'll, we'll get work on some different sponsorship deals with you. It's hard to say no to that. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's just I look at things how like how times have changed. Like, I, I saw the other day uh, the wide receiver from Ohio State, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah. He, yeah, he got his own car, like his own truck, his own customized truck. He had to go in there, customize his own truck, get, you know, rims and wheels, the interior, all that. And it's just cool. And then I think they finally got it right. Um, it's obviously a new day and age, but I was looking at some old football highlights. You see, you know, Reggie Bush and the Todd Gurley and Terrell Pryors and how they got in trouble back then for just small things as far as tattoos and signing a little autographed jerseys. Yeah, Todd Gurley and, and AJ Green like would like to have a word. Yeah, they would like to have a word. I mean, I just look at those guys and I'm like, they Greg really, Odom, at, you're talking yeah, about at Ohio State. You're talking about yeah. Ohio State. He's in sponsorship videos now with Ohio State basketball players because he's a grad assistant See? up there now. And he's like, man, would have been nice. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. And they, I look at things like that. They really paved the way for the kids today for them to get this opportunity and just to play a college sport and go to college, get a free education, then make some money on top of that. Because you are bringing in revenue for the school. I just think it's good for sports in general because now you're kind of like keeping those kids away, going away to like overseas and to these other leagues like the G League where they could just come to college and they could make the exact same amount of money or get a free education, make that money, get good exposure, have fun while you're in college, do college things. I think it's just good for all sports, so. I'm right. glad they finally got it right. All right, so that's the player's perspective. And then just a couple of quick things. Number one, I think like learning about these deals and these packages in place, you can kind of put to bed the fact that people think Jackson State dropped like a bag on Travis Hunter to go there. No, he went to an HBCU because he wanted to make a point. Yeah, He, he went to an HBU because he wanted to play for Deion Sanders and he wanted to go to an HBCU. So I, I think we can kind of put that one to bed when you look at some of the deals these Miami players are getting and the Tennessee players are getting and now the Georgia players are getting. Maybe we can kind of put that one to rest. But to play it from the other side and for the people who have reservations about some of this and think it is the wild, wild west right now, right? This is a this is a brand new frontier. There's no legislation right now. Uh, the NCAA is begging Congress to get federal legislation involved to have some sort of guide rails on this to where it can't just be do whatever you want. It's fine because that's basically what it is right now. I think it's probably fair to say you do need some guardrails when you're talking about the competitive balance of the sport. Because if you look at the, like people say, why? In the NFL, those guys can go sign whatever kind of deals they want to. Right. But how do they get to the teams? Mm -hmm. It's a draft Drafted, process. Yeah. Right? You're not, the, in, the NFL isn't recruiting players to the teams by incentivizing them. They're drafting them. And through that, 
having to sign them to contracts, sure, but you own their rights, right? So it's a completely different kind of setup in terms of the competitive balance. If you're the worst team in the league and you suck, you get a chance to take the best player or who you evaluate as the best player. That's the evaluation. Right now in college sports, it's what Nick Saban said it was going to be, the rich getting richer. I'm Alabama. I have the infrastructure. You think this is going to bring competitive balance? It ain't because I can go out there and a kid who said, okay, I probably won't go to Alabama because uh, another quarterback just went there a year ahead of me. He's another five-star, and I'd like to play for at least two, three years uh, and get my film out there. Now you're saying, Alabama's looking pretty nice. Even if I don't play, I can make a million dollars just being in Alabama. Mm -hmm. That kind of works. You ain't doing that at a Sunbelt school. No. I love Georgia Southern. Love Georgia Southern. The starting quarterback at Georgia Southern isn't going to be valued out at a million dollars. No. Absolutely not. Right. Could he could he get six figures? Sure. Absolutely. Sunbelt, school like Georgia Southern, school like App State, Louisiana, one of those schools, they can make some money. They ain't going to be seven figures. Right. So I, I think this, you do probably need some sort of guide rails, but you've opened Pandora's box and it's going to be really hard to put that all back in now. But I do think there has, and I'm obviously not smart enough or I wouldn't be hosting a radio show. Right. If I was smart enough, I'd be working in one of these twenty thousand story office buildings <laughs> making these decisions and making a whole lot more money. But it's it's going to have to be something because I don't want to say I, I hesitate to say ruins, but you have completely tipped the scales away from balance at this point. Yeah. No, I very true. And I think they I think that's been happening in in a lot of different ventures in a lot of different ways. And this is just one of them. So uh, like you said, uh, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day that there has to be some sort of parameters that's, that's kind of put into place and not, you know, it's, it's just been completely unleashed and it's like forming its, its own kind of system and and body right now. And yeah, the uh, completely agree that at some point the NCAA needs to come in and just kind of not the NCAA. Somebody just yeah. needs to trim off the edges a little bit, right, and, and form this a little bit more um, instead of it just being able to form itself. Well, listen, I don't want to be chicken little on this because the reality is there's only so many scholarships available for every FBS school, and so you're always going to get really good college football players distributed throughout the country. There's always going to be competitive teams. I just think people, when they heard Transfer Portal and when they heard NIL, they thought, okay, maybe now we can start scraping away some of this power from Alabama, from Georgia, from Texas A&M, from the Clemsons of the world, and it can you can get to the point where you start having way more competitive leagues and more competitive college football playoffs, especially when we get to the expansion. But what you just saw this year is there's a huge gap right now. Michigan got to the college football playoff, beat the hell out of Ohio State, and you just saw the gap, right? And right now the reality is that gap's only going to get bigger with the way name image name image lightness is working and the way the transfer transfer portal is working is it's just going to keep getting bigger. Georgia's going to go out there and pick and choose who they want. The only team that's going to come over the top of them is Alabama. And that's just because Nick Saban's the best at doing everything apparently. But when I look at college football, I, I think when you get to the Saturdays, it's still going to be college football, right? But if you're looking for competitive balance, which for all their faults and for all their greed, which I think is very fair to say the NCAA, when you kind of look at the letter of the law, it was about competitive balance. The scholarship limits, the uh, for a long time, right, it was like the food limit where you couldn't give as much food as you wanted to and they got rid of that one. But that was competitive balance because 
Southeast West Missouri State can't afford the same kind of meal offerings as Georgia, right? And so they're they're kind of trying to provide some sort of competitive balance when it came to recruiting and getting these guys on there. But now it's just however much money you got in that war chest, mm-hmm. spend it and try to get those best players on your team. And I think right now, with the way it's currently set up, if you think this is going to change from seeing Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, uh, Texas A&M maybe now getting up there, it's not. That Those are going to be the teams at the end. Well, like the only, the only way it could ever be be brought, like especially in a, in a system like this, in a situation like this, the only way it could be have a competitive balance is if those teams couldn't use it, right? Yeah, <laughs> and that can't happen like that. No, that's not how this works. Unless you put a so. salary, unless you put a salary cap, which is what Lane Kiffin was joking about, is there's kind of self-imposed salary caps now where you don't choose the salary cap, you're school and administration, what they're willing to offer and the support from boosters is your salary cap. And so when you look at that, Georgia and Alabama are the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Texas A&M, right? They're the Dodgers. They can they can throw around whatever money they want to, right? And so that right now, college football is not like any other American professional sport when you're talking about competitive balance. But college football right now is European soccer where it's yeah. you have these – kids coming up and if they're the best and you think you want to get them into your academy, you go offer them a deal. There's no draft. There's no legislation on it. You can offer them as much money as you want to. There's no salary cap. And when you look at the English Premier League, for example, or you look at La Liga, right? There's a reason why it's the same three or four teams at the top every time. And it's because they can spend a whole lot more money than you can. And you get these kids for about three years and then you just get a new crop of them. So Correct. And if, yeah. if you if somebody else gets a kid that you wanted and you realize that you missed on them, mm-hmm. you can say, Hey, you don't have to sit out of here anymore. You can just come here right now. I missed out on you. I'm I'm Manchester United. Uh, we missed signing you the first time. We're not gonna miss signing you the second time. Yep. And that's that's just the way it is right now. So it's going to be these top teams at the top. And that's why right now what Kirby Smart, I know I keep saying it, but what he said in Jacksonville remains true. And it's the reason Dan Mullen doesn't have a job anymore. Is college football isn't about X's and O's and all that anymore. It's 90% just an arms race trying to get the best players. And there ain't a competitive balance anymore whatsoever. It is now European soccer in terms of that. And and that ain't going to go away unless we said, like we said, there are some sort of guidelines in. The players probably don't want that. They probably want the free market, want as much money as they're able to get. And again, it's all about priorities for them. If the players, and this is where we'd have to see a players union come about, if the players don't care about competitive balance and care more about, which I'm not going to fault anybody for in this life, care more about securing their bag over winning a national championship, that's how this is going to remain. Mm-hmm. I can't get mad at me. Not, not even no. a little bit. I will not get Not mad. even a no. little bit. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Talk. And I know this is kind of just throwing it in your lap and asking you for an answer, but it's kind of what we do. So here we go. Can you remember a college football season when the best weapon and I say weapon as an offensive threat, was a tight end. Because my, my first thought immediately goes to Kyle Pitts in 2020 with Florida, but just so happens there's a guy playing in Tuscaloosa by the name of Devonta Smith yeah, who would go on to win the Heisman as a wide receiver. Right. And so I'm talking about mm. a number one. If, if you did a fantasy draft in college football, he'd be your first... Offensive threat taken off the board. I don't think so. I mean, I. I mean, like we. You can go to George Kittle in 2015. He averaged like 95 yards a game 
as a tight end at Iowa, but that was the year Derrick Henry won the Heisman going over 2,000 yards. And even then, like, he, he was he was solid at Iowa, but, like, he wasn't the focal point. Like, he wasn't the only thing. There, there weren't highlight tapes of him playing at Iowa on college game day on Saturdays, right? Like, right. It just, that just wasn't happening. Um, so yeah, it, it'd be hard to, I mean, even you, you look back at like Gronk and his days in college, he was a solid football player, but you talk about the, the best offensive weapon during that time. Heck no. All right. So, cause the reason I ask, I don't think so is I think you can make a legitimate case that a tight end is going to be the biggest weapon in college football next year. And it just so happens he plays for Georgia. Right. I think you can make a legitimate case Brock Bowers is the best weapon in college football in 2022. Now, he just had or is having shoulder surgery. He's going to miss spring practice, a labrum, which is a really super common football injury. He should be back for summer and fall camp, no problem. But he will miss spring. But there's a couple of guys that I think you can put above him and some people might, like Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think is that kind of wide receiver. He's clearly going to be the number one receiver off the board. Uh, Kayshawn Butte at LSU is that kind of guy, but I just I don't know if before you can make a legitimate argument that because like Kyle Pitts, for as good as his season was, yeah, as good as his season was in 2020, he played in seven or eight games and had just over 700 yards. Mm-hmm. Where you had Devonta Smith going for like 16, 1800 yards as a receiver. A lot of quarterbacks are happy if they hit that. He was doing that in receiving yards, right? Brock Bowers last year as a true freshman had 800 yards through the air. Granted, he played in 14 games, but he averaged about 63 yards per game. Had some rushing touchdowns in there as well, but more so than that, he was the number one weapon on a national championship offense. Yep. So, I mean, disagree, agree? If you're doing a fantasy draft, is he the best weapon in college football next year? I don't know a lot of guys that are even... Coming back next year, so I would say him. I, I, I think, jo- think I think I think Jordan Addison. He won the Blitnikoff last year at Pitt. Nah, hmm. I take Brock Bowers. I I I mean, you know, respect the Pitt. Bijan at Texas, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> Ab- absolutely, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. No, that I'm not. Texas lost to Kansas this year. They've they've lost that's, my respect. That's, that's so it was a Bijan's fault. Fine. That's not all on it, him, though. I mean, well, told the ball a little bit better. Maybe you get use some clock management or something. I don't know, but <laughs> I, I wouldn't put Bijan. Um, as an offensive weapon, uh, obviously, I mean, you're not counting a quarterback, so an offensive weapon. What about Travion Henderson? So, oh, you know what? He was I, filthy I, as a true was. freshman last I, year. I know a weapon that's better than him. The kid from Ohio State. Well, Jackson Smith and Jigba is who I said yeah. at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's what I would say. So you okay. you you think he is a bigger threat as an offensive weapon than Brock Bowers is? Yeah, I, I, see, I don't that. know. That's I think it's, that's, that's part I of think it. it's it super utility? close. It's the utility of Bowers that kind of puts me over the edge. When you can line him up anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh and no, it's not like far and beyond. He's better. I just think he's a tad bit better. But like honestly, PJ, you have you as like say they're both in the transfer portal, but you only can take one. Like they're both like I'm not going to go there. If that other guy goes there, and you're a college football coach. Who are you taking? And you're thinking in, in Jigba or Bowers? Yeah, I'm probably taking Bowers. Yeah, because of because like of all Penn the State's down. Do. Yeah, Penn State can take one or the other. Which one do you hope they take? Oh, no, it's fine. We, we can we can see that's what in, I, I'm not trying to devalue how good he is by any means, and that's what this sounds like. But he's incredible. But th- there's a ton of wide receivers that can do similar things that, that he can do. 
uh, th- there aren't a lot of other tight ends that can do what Bowers can do, and I can line him up and, and yeah, have him block every now and, and then. I'll line him up on the end of the line or split him out wide. Line him up in the backfield and throw a toss to him. Like, yeah, I can do all that with him. So absolutely, I'm, I'm, I'm taking him first. No, I do find it interesting because it is, it is the conversation, right? Like, who's more valuable, Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill to that offense? Travis. Okay, see, that's the, that's the but that's the tight end. It's, it's, it's tra- I think Travis Kelsey is just a better player in general. I, I, I like Tyreek Hill. I don't. Okay, who'd you rather have on your team, uh, Kittle or Hop? Dang. Right? It just but depends I, on but the I quarterback. Think, but I think, but I, no, but I think that's kind of the conversation you're having. Yeah. So when I say, look, listen, just with the offense and what they want to do, Jackson Smith and Jigba put it down. He's going to have more receiving yards next year than Brock Bowers is going to have. No, I mean that absolutely. Like, he dude had like three hundred and sixty or something in the damn Rose Bowl, right? Especially with how yeah, that, they're going to use. I think it. that was the biggest thing. It just depends on the system. Like, if you're Alabama, I'm pretty sure you'll probably pick Jackson because they spread it out wide. But how many you know. how many points they score? They like fifty. Yeah, yeah, I think it was like it was 50, crazy. They'll, but they'll score they'll score fifty points on you throwing the ball for five hundred yards, mm-hmm. whereas Georgia will put fifty on you running for two fifty and throwing for two fifty. Exactly. Yeah, that's why I was saying like it just depends on the system. Like Georgia, obviously, I would take. Rock any day. Like. I just, I just think, I think you look at the different characteristics around these guys and Smith and Jig. But to be fair to him, last year he was the third guy yep. with two first round picks at wide receiver Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Mm-hmm. Right, he was the third guy, and he might have been the best out of the three. Well, that's why I didn't yeah. fully believe yeah. in him at first. I yeah. mean, I, I remember like documented on this show being like, "Well, he's the slot guy. He's benefiting off them." One well, and, 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 and then they leave the yeah. and, and it's like, <laughs> okay, well, then, then. but then also at the same time, it's just that Ohio State offense, right? And the, yeah. and, then and they recruit the hell out of wide receivers. I, let me yeah. let me say that. But Marvin yeah. Harrison Jr. As soon as Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson mm-hmm. take a game off, he's catching three touchdown passes. Yeah. And that's so, not even like Julian Fleming was like a five star, mm-hmm. I think top five star wide receiver two three years ago. He's just sitting on that bench waiting but, for an opportunity. But like, just get, but just so giving right. out like the superlatives. I think Bowers is just devastating. Yeah. That's just when when he catches the football, like just catch those little screen passes and just running through Alabama defenders. Right. I know they were down big at that point in the SEC championship, but just running through defenders. Uh, we have a we have a Ben Troop breakdown up on our YouTube channel of the pass he caught against UAB and outran safeties on like that had angles on him. You're not supposed to be able to do that as a tight end. And then just kind of the backbreaker, kind of what you were talking about is how versatile he can be. You line him up as an inline blocker in the national championship and kind of just do a little play action dump over past him and he walks into the end I zone. Think he might get I think he has a chance to get drafted higher than Pitts. I know Pitts was drafted at four, but he's filthy. Yeah, like depending he's, on the guys drafting yeah. in the top three, he could be the number one or two pick. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, it's wild to say, but I think Georgia the next two years can build their offense around a tight end, and it's going to be super fun to watch. We got to take a quick break. We'll come back and get you ready for three and out next, right here on second down. The train. Wow, I'm so surprised. So you got you got two for you got two versus two. Cam, you say you take Jackson Smith and Jigba? Yeah, I would. I can't make that. I think he yeah. probably fits better inside of most offenses. Well, I mean, I think equally they're both talented. Equally, I'm just saying. I think as far as a better fit for most teams in the country, you would take Jackson. For Georgia, sure. you would take Brock. Easily. He's, he's an he's an insanely good, well-tooled wide receiver that that can go up and get it, but can also play the possession game. Uh, I mean, yeah, every every offense I think needs that. Um, especially when when you talk about offenses using the spread like Ohio State does, but 
a, a more balanced, more pro style, even a even a spread offense. You put Brock Bowers in that and and watch him do work. I we, mean Listen, we got Lord of the Rings coming out September second. You got Georgia, Oregon that first weekend too. You guys just put me Hold on, we have what? Georgia, Oregon, first week no, of the season. What, what was the oh, the new Lord of the Rings series coming on Amazon. Didn't know that. Yeah, go ahead and uh, put me in a hyperbaric chamber. Put we'll me to sleep until September, and that's fine. Got a big show coming up today on 3 and Out. Guys breaking down Tom McShay's latest mock draft, in which the Atlanta Falcons, the number 8, select Drake London, Please wide no. receiver out of USC. <laughs> Please, God, no. Okay. Uh, a little bit later in the show, 3.30, catching up with Chris Vanini from The Athletic, breaking down just a wild, wild storyline coming out of Conference USA. Full show coming up today on 3 and Out. BJ Bennett, Ben Troop, and Kevin Thomas breaking it all down for you. Missed any portion of our show? Check it out on ESPNCoastal.com.